there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Well, it was a game that had absolutely everything exhausting to watch. Tim, what do you think the emotions are of Pep Guardiola right now? Frustration, um, but again, probably feels a little bit lucky because they weren't good in the first half. And to go down 2-0, you rarely come back from that. Even this, this great Manchester City team, and they did that. They had a chance to win it, but ultimately the point in the position they were in at halftime has to seem like a good point. I mean, City will win the title yeah. if Liverpool lose at Southampton on yeah. Tuesday. But no matter what Liverpool do on Tuesday, mm-hmm. as long as City win their last game against yeah. Villa, the title is there. So it's obviously it's still in very hands, much in their and hands. And that's why I don't think the disappointment will be that great. Listen, they were 2-0 down to a well-organised team who didn't look like they were going to give much away. And they got themselves back to 2-2, Rebecca, which is the most important. The 3-2 would have been the icing on the cake. But it was a day, honestly, we saw shots of Pep. I've seen him going through emotions today. I've never seen before. He was on his hunches, had his hands there, he was praying. His team have got the, the point, and that should be enough to give him the title. Title race still on, though? Oh, it's still on, and Liverpool will feel it's still on. Yeah, it's still on. Of course it is, yeah. OK, but they have a four-point lead as things stand. Pep, it was certainly eventful. How would you summarise the day? A great comeback. And uh, I come back against this team in this stadium, the way he defends, the strong they are, was uh, an incredible credit to the team. And, uh, yeah, so I think we played a really good game. Uh, they are so good in the in the transitions because Antonio gives you the tempo to get the ball. And Bowen make it two cuts really, really well. They scored two goals, but, uh, yeah, we spoke in the halftime. So, yeah, don't give up. So, if we score one goal... We will be in game, and unfortunately, we score earlier in the in the second half. And 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 after, you know, we have one chance with Bowen. We miss a penalty. Yeah, for result, and uh, one more week, one more game with our people at home. Uh, I assure you, something will be sold out in the other stadium. I promise you, and uh, and we'll do the best performance possible to win the game and win the title. Is that the most important thing today for you? The fact it's still in your hands. No, absolutely. When you arrive, oh, it would be perfect to win today, but uh, um, West Ham is, uh, is fighting for for Europa League, have made an incredible season, so it's so complicated to attack them and play against them, so difficult. And, um, and uh, yeah, it's in our hands, that, that's good. First half, if West Ham were very good, were you not quite at your best, first half? Uh, I don't have the feeling we play bad, maybe not create a lot of chances, but enough clear there and, and he put a lot of players so Antonio go close to Rodri so it's so difficult the defence so deep and, and they are a top top side but um, I think we, we we played a really good performance It's another penalty gone it's a poor record unfortunately penalty takers for you is that something you need to look at? I don't have that feeling this season Riyadh was extraordinary we scored a lot a lot of penalties in general others not Riyadh last season other players, yeah. Yeah, I went in 50 years ago too, so I don't know. So this season we were good in the penalties. Riyadh was his incredible good taker, took a responsibility, we miss it. Next game is going to score. I saw you at the end as well, having a little wrestle with Mikel Antonio. Was that a sign of the problems he gave you in a nice way? Well, he goes to the gym every day, this guy. is so strong. <laughs> He's really, really strong. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I want to I wanna congratulate especially Fernandinho Laporte. Uh, they struggle a lot these two, three days to be there. They play in uh, difficult conditions. They were not fit. Uh, 100% and, and handle Antonio was it's not easy and they were, they were brilliant. And it's not injured, so it's a good, a good turn for, the, for in one week. Also, you had a nice moment with Mark Noble as well on his last wow. home game. What sort of thing were you saying to him? I love, well, I, I admire the trajectories of these type of football players, so... Of his career here at home, West Ham. Uh, how many, many years? How many games? Is unfortunately maybe will be one of the last few cases we're going to see in the world football. You know, uh, a player stay or career. Hopefully, can stay involved in football because his knowledge. I'm pretty sure through the years, 
that he got will be incredible for the English football, for the Premier League, for West Ham, and uh, and uh, on behalf, of course, uh, Manchester City is a big compliment. Uh, congratulations for this incredible long career. His last home game today. You've just got one last home game this season. How confident are you that you can gather your players together, get all three points, get over the line to win this title? Will not be easy. It will be a lot of emotions. We'll have to train in calm and arrive fresh. We we'll have one week now. We have some days to recover uh, the problem that we had, and we will we will do everything that game, you know, to win the title. Let's take you back to East London. I tell you, we've seen some good games this season, but gentlemen, <laughs> Graham Arlo, that was right up there. I don't know how much more of this we can take, Rebecca. It is so dramatic. It's so nerve-jangling. By the way, um, I think the West Ham team are going to come out in a second, and Mark Noble will say his farewells to the, to the West Ham fans. Um, your reaction to that extraordinary game of football? Well, both teams deserve huge amounts of credit for their, for their belief in what they were doing. West Ham, the belligerent defensive effort that goes into that, and... and Still having the ability to go and, and, and be punchy on the on the counter attack with Antonio and, and Bowen and City for their obviously the, the shock of that first half scoreline mm. and their reaction to it and their ability to raise their game and, and show that urgency but the quality for individual players to mm. grab this game by the scruff of its neck. Mares in the second half, Grealish who we spoke about, De Bruyne. Absolutely fantastic. You, you were at the cup final yesterday, so you know you saw in person the effort it took for Liverpool to take Chelsea all the way and win on penalties. They've got to go to Southampton now. One or two injury issues. We'll be there with Lee Dixon, of course, our colleague on USA. They've got to go again. You're in do. simply, don't they? They do, and it's it's that 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 time period between the sort of the euphoria and exhaustion, and I always talk about the mental side of it as well because that's just as important as the physical. To then, to then push again and, and give everything. And these next couple of days for Liverpool in terms of their preparation for this game are going to be vital mm. to how they start that game because it's a tough trip to go down to Southampton. feels like a long way away, particularly in the situation Liverpool are in yeah. at the moment. But, I mean, hats off to both Liverpool and City for, the, for their effort and the fact that they're keeping it going all the way to the wire. Absolutely. Let's go and lie down for 24 hours. <laughs> And it does now look like everything, chaps, is heading mm. towards the final day. There are so many glum faces. I mean, yeah. you saw the fans, yeah. you saw Peter Reid and Joe Royal mm. looking down from the director's box. But yeah. yet, it, it feels like they're the best place out of all three. Yeah. All is certainly not lost, Robbie. It doesn't quite feel like that, does it? Um, I got the sense when you saw those fans' faces where they're convincing themselves that this team will get it done. This is the way that Everton do things. It, it's never easy. Um, but one thing I'll guarantee you, by Thursday, Rebecca... Those fans will be back in those stadium and that noise. This place will be jumping. What I'm not sure is where, where some of the players might be. Frank Lampard has got his work cut out. Five red cards in, I think it's 11 Premier League games, is something that, 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 that needs to be addressed. Now, they've had some bad refereeing decisions and some things haven't gone their way. But Jared Brantwaite today gets sent off for a little inexperience. Solomon Rondon comes on t onto the pitch. He's an experienced pro, knows his way around and tackles like that. They don't get him for the rest of the season. They might need him for five minutes mm -hmm. in one of these games. He's not going to be available. Frank has to get into that dressing room, keep the belief and keep the, the understanding that it's, it is in their hands and they are in the best position because for everybody looking at that football club, it doesn't quite feel like that. How concerned are you, Tim? No, not as because you, you ask the question all the time, what, what dressing room do we prefer to be in when you look at the, yeah. the teams at the bottom? You still want to be in Everton's dressing room. To your point, uh, the red cards, uh, it's inexcusable. But when I've, if I'm Frank Lamport, I think that's something that I address in the summertime. Right now, I think he just needs to continue to push a narrative that we are in the best position, dust ourselves down, come back Thursday. As you mentioned, the crowd will be up for it. But we can't be 10 men against Palace. No, they can't be. Again. They can't be. But he, he, a little reminder, but I don't think he can go too hard on the team. They still need to keep that feeling of being upbeat. Frank, with the opportunity you had today and the brilliant way that the game started, just how disappointing is that defeat? Yeah, disappointing because the uh, start was great. One goal could have been maybe two, maybe three. Uh, red card changes the game completely. 
This is it. It was a critical moment, wasn't it, that red card? It saw the pendulum swing the other way. What was your take on it? Well, yeah, it was as critical as can be because uh, we had complete control. Um, possible penalty in the build-up to that. It's a clear pull on Richardson's shirt. People want to criticise, well, certainly my players, whenever they go down and say they're going down too easily. You wonder where the players should go down because that's a penalty. Uh, then it goes down the other end and, um, and it's a mistake by Jared to let him run behind. We've got to get running early, uh, drop off, um, deal with it easily and we didn't. What did you then say to your players at half-time? You did manage to get the advantage once more. So what was the plan for the second half? Um, just to dig in, you know, it's when you're in that position. We've done it before against Newcastle here, but not for this length of time. I think to ask the players for 70 minutes in the Premier League to, to play with a man down is, is a really big ask. Good team like Brentford, it's very, very difficult. The players gave every drop. I can't you know, complain about that at all. The fans gave every drop. The unfortunate thing was that the red card took the sting out of the fans and understandably so because the atmosphere was incredible um, and a big circumstance in the game went against us so it, it was a mistake that one but um, the players gave everything to the end Whether it be dismissals or injuries you are in a situation now at a critical point in the season where you're pretty short on players mm. how hopeful are you of getting any of them back particularly defenders ahead of Thursday? Oh, well, hopefully Michael Keane will be back but yeah, not, not, not hopeful of Yerimina won't be back Ben Godfrey won't be back I don't think um, and that's, you know, we've got three frontline centre-halves out today. And if you look at any team in the, in the Premier League, you take out that, it's very difficult. So the lads are giving everything. We've got like, Seamus in there playing there. We're bringing John Joe on, um, playing a back three at the end with Miko and John Joe and Mason. Everyone's giving everything. But when you miss players in the squad at this critical stage, it's difficult. But the important thing is that we, we have a positive attitude to what the next few days look like going into Palace. Because it's in our hands um, to, to, to be here at Goodison again. Hopefully with 11 on the pitch um, and go for it ourselves because we've got two more games, um, three more points, we'll do it and our home game is the next one. This is it, you've used those words there, it's in your hands. Is that the message you've just given to your dressing room in there after that game? Yeah, well firstly well done because the effort was incredible. Um, so generally as a team well done and then yeah, it's in our hands so they deserve a little rest because the legs you know, are hanging off a bit because of our injury situation. But the spirit and the desire of this whole club is still going strong, so we have to, to push again. We'll bring you more pictures of, of the goings-on at St James's Park a little bit later on, but we've got to focus on the editorial story, of course, of the day, which is the scenarios now facing Tottenham and Arsenal to qualify for the Champions League. For Tottenham, they're in the box seat. All they have to do is win or draw against Norwich or for Arsenal to drop points against Everton. If Tottenham win or draw at Norwich, the draw would assume that Tottenham maintain that goal difference advantage, which they have uh, quite significantly over Arsenal. For Arsenal now to qualify for the Champions League next season, they need to beat Everton Sunday and hope that Tottenham lose at Norwich, a team that have won just five games all season and already have been relegated. Great scenes for Newcastle United fans at St. James's Park, a brilliant way to end their season in front of their home fans. Their final game, of course, also on Sunday. Danny Higginbotham, Tim Howard, Rebecca Lowe with you. Well, I think one, Tim, of the most frustrating things for Arsenal fans will be that they started poorly and at no point... Did the players or Arteta do anything to change the course of that game? No, and, and you were expecting some sort of reaction, one, from the Tottenham match, and then two, from, the, from what was a lackluster first half. And, I, and I'm afraid that what, you know, what I've been talking about all season is their, their, their immaturity, uh, their inconsistency, was their downfall today, but it's been their downfall all season. It, it's part of the growing pains, but that's a difficult one. Did they have the quality on the field to change that game? Um, well, I thought bringing on Martinelli was, was uh, going to be a good option. Uh, that didn't last very long. I thought, I thought Newcastle were set up really well, I must say, today. Um, you know, I just I, I look at Newcastle, I don't think there was any real standout performance, but it, it speaks to how far Eddie Howe has brought this team. There's a, there's a collectiveness about them. There's an energy that says, if you run out of position, I'll cover you. There's this trust factor there, and he's building something special. What will Mikel Arteta think as he sits in that away dressing room that he got wrong today? Um, I don't think the players were prepared. As in terms of, I fully, ex I fully think that the Arsenal players expected to go onto the pitch and see a Newcastle team that were going to sit back and look to counter on them. And the problem that you have, and I've played in games like that before where you come up against opposition and you expect them to play one way, 
So you sort of go into the game prepared to deal with that, but then they change. And then you've got to adapt. There's a, there's a reason why Arsenal have conceded first away seven times and lost all seven games. There's a reason why they've conceded, I think, the, the, first, the first goal on numerous occasions and only come back to win one game this season. They don't have that adaptability. And is that the players or is that the manager not adapting? No, that, that, has, that has to come from the manager. Right. But at times, what I would say is that, yes, the manager's going to get all of the criticism. But we look at this Arsenal team, it's a very young Arsenal team. The lack of experience in that team means there's a lack of know-how, means that whatever team you are, there's going to be a certain amount of time during a game where the tide's going against you. You have to hold your own then. Let everything settle down and then go again. But from Arsenal's side, I think it's like, well, we, we don't know what to do here. So they just kept going, trying and go and go, and they just fell into Newcastle's hands. So there's an issue between you have to have that so-called plan B if things aren't going the way that you want them to go. And if the manager's not there on the pitch to be, to be able to sort it out, can the players on the pitch then take it into their own hands? Um, go on, Tim. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point, Rebecca. I, I think it's it's on the manager. Yes, it's on the manager. But when I, I've written down here, I, I think Arsenal need a, a proper centre-back. I think they need a, a proper central midfielder, not a front front four, central midfielder, and a striker. And and when you talk about leadership, it's not about yelling and putting people. Mm. It's about communicating tactically, understanding. Uh, we we can get to the halftime and have the manager sort this. But right now on the pitch, I'll take responsibility yeah. for it. And they don't quite have that yet. Any of you give any hope for Arsenal <sighs> now? No. Not anymore. No. 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 Okay. They play Everton on Championship Sunday. Tottenham, of course, have to go to Norwich. Well, Mikel, in terms of result and performance, was that a really tough night for your team? It was a really difficult night to swallow. Um, Newcastle deserved to, to win the match comfortably. They were much better than us from the beginning to the last minute. Um, and we had nothing in the game. Can you explain the performance then? They were much better in every department. They were much better in the duels, in the second balls. Every time they kicked the ball up, they could manage to do so. Um, we were poor with the ball. We didn't defend the rest of players at peace in the way we have to do. We had nothing in the game. But why poor in so many areas? On such a big night, why do you think? Well, a lot of things happen as well during the night uh, with the substitution that we have to make through injuries and everything, but it's not an excuse. Newcastle deserves to win the match from the beginning because um, they were much better than us in, in everything that the full match requires to, to be on top of that. Your youth, your energy is usually such an asset, but tonight, rather than youthful, did it look like an inexperienced team, maybe not quite ready for that next step? That's what we have to think about, but uh, it's true that we could not cope um, tonight with the game that we have to play here. Were you worried immediately in that match? Did it just not look right almost straight away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we tried to change some things and uh, it didn't make it better. And we had some moments where we looked a little bit better and the start of the second half was a tiny bit better and we understood better what we had to do, but uh, then the execution was so poor, the goals that we gave it away were extremely poor and um, nothing they deserve to win the match. Yeah, you said both goals were poor. Does the first goal sum it up, really, coming from a, a foul throw? We know that's where it starts. Yeah. What have you said to your, your players in there? What I'm saying here, that is um, extremely disappointed that Newcastle were ten times better than us and fully deserve the match. And, uh, and the performance is just nowhere near the level that um, we have to play. We want to play in the Champions League. Are you shocked by it? You seem almost stunned by what you've seen. I am incredibly disappointed. I don't know if the world is stunned. Um, obviously, when you see the team that we have at the moment, um, there is a lot of question mark in a lot of position because the injuries and the suspension and everything that we had. But uh, again, it's not an excuse. We, today, we're in other races. Yeah. How many players out there were not 100%? It's not about 100%. I think everybody, when, when she jumps on the pitch, uh, cannot use the excuse to do anything else. And uh, it's the players that we have. We have been playing like that in the last few weeks and trying to get, to get through that. Players want to be on the pitch, which is the merit as well that you have to, the credit have to give to the players. But today, we weren't good enough. Worst performance of the season? I don't know. It's obviously a very painful one. Yeah. When you won at Villa mid-March, six points clear of Spurs, it has been more erratic, the form since then. Why do you think that is? 
Well, a lot of happened to the squad as well with with the amount of injuries that that we picked and uh, the changes that we have to make. But uh, still, it was in our hands. Today is not in our hands. We have to beat Everton and we have to wait for uh, for Norris to be the Spurs, and that's uh, that's what we have to wait now. Yeah. Do you still feel like there is a tiny chance? There's always a chance in football, and you have to be there just in case that chance appears. Well, in Mikel Arteta's words, Newcastle United were better than Arsenal from start to finish in this game, winning by two goals to nil. The manager, Eddie Howe, we still await. In the meantime, that man is Callum Wilson. After missing a lot of football, how special was it to be involved in that? Yeah, it was nice. Um, unbelievable atmosphere. Um, nice to, to lead the boys out. Nice to get start again. And... Um, yeah, three points to go with it. Was it an even better performance and an even better atmosphere when you factor in, actually, your major job for the season was already done? The thing is, early on in the season, everybody wrote us off. You know, we were relegated probably Christmas time. And it was down to the boys, down to the manager, everyone who's come together, dig deep and prove everybody wrong. And we've done that. And yeah, we're mathematically safe, but it's about climbing up the league and trying to finish as high as we can. How different is the team you come back into in the last week or so? Yeah, it's unbelievable. I think um, I've noticed a difference there. Uh, you're getting a lot more chances, a lot more opportunities, and you know we're evolving as a team and we're starting to keep the ball a bit better, playing out from the back from time to time. And um, yeah, we've got a good result to go with it. First goal is an own goal. Yeah. But do you give yourself a bit of credit forcing it, making that running behind that you were making all night? Yeah, you know, um, we knew that Ben White is just coming back into the team, struggling a little bit with an injury, and. Um, that's one of my strengths, is running behind. So I was going to test him um, from the off, and I'm not sure who put it in in the end, but I guess, yeah, you met them near post runs, and he obviously thought that I was touching it, didn't manage to get on the end, and he put it in, which is nice. It's interesting, though, because you've got maybe two half-fit centre-halves, and you were very aware of that, were you? Particularly Ben White. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm a football fan. I watched Arsenal the other night, see Gabriel come off, see Ben White couldn't come on, and as a striker, you know, you're licking your lips, and then you see them both on the team sheet today, so even better for us, really. It was about exploiting that. We knew it was going to be a weakness for them. But they're two great players, and, um, you know, they still performed half it, so, yeah, yeah, we had to do our jobs, and we had to make sure that everyone dug deep, and we did that. After missing a lot of football, did you expect to be as sharp as you were? Yeah, I've worked so hard. Um, when you're out, you're injured, you know. You want to come back and you don't just want to come back and, and take part, you know. Um, I wanted to make a difference and I've, you know, worked hard. Credit to the sports science team as well who have helped me with that and I was able to play 90-odd minutes tonight and I said to the manager before the game, you know, I'll be disappointed if you bring me off. And so he's in trouble? No, no, no. <laughs> you know, he's one of them. Uh, you wanted a goal as well, so you see six minutes on the clock, there was gaps opening up when they were pushing and... Um, yeah, unfortunately didn't get the goal, but... Blimey, you nearly did, though. Almost. And a special one as well. It would have been nice. Um, <laughs> funny enough, you know, I see Shearer against Chelsea. Um, yeah. It was in my mind, to be honest. I brought it down and I kept seeing Ramsdale come out from time to time. So I thought, why not try my luck? And I actually thought it was in. It just swerved last minute, unfortunately. Just lastly, can you show us that tooth? Because you showed me <laughs> off camera. Looks like they've sellotaped it back in. Wow. Yeah, I got an elbow. Tooth comes straight out. Uh, yeah. Oh. Got a gum shield in. We've put it back in place and it looks like a trip to the dentist for me. <laughs> Good luck with that. Cheers, buddy. Well played Thank tonight. You. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well done, mate. Cheers. Brilliant. Oh, gosh. Horrible. But I don't know about you, but I think for Callum Wilson, he's had much worse problems mm. than two, losing a tooth in a game over the past season. So he'll just be delighted, as he said there, to be back. Now his manager has just spoken. Let's hear from Eddie Howe. Well, Eddie, was that a fitting finale to a, a brilliant second half, of, second half of the season? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a, a brilliant all-round performance from us tonight. We were front foot. We played with the intensity that we want to. We never let up, and I think that's the most pleasing thing. 45 minutes can be... Uh, half-time can be a dangerous thing in a game like that, but we were... Um, as good, if not better, in the second half. Was it an incredible atmosphere and performance, particularly when you factor in you'd done your main job for the season? Um, yeah, it sometimes can be difficult to um, to approach the game in the same way. Um, you know, sport is a, a very delicate thing. It's all played in the brain, and um, we showed that we want to compete uh, in every game, and I think that's the bare minimum that the supporters expect here. But today we approached the game in a brilliant manner. We were professional right to the end, and I thought we did... Um, did the Premier League proud tonight. Was it the signature win you've wanted to go with a body of work that you've created in the last 16, 17 games? Yeah, I think it was the one thing missing from us that we hadn't beaten, uh, as I said before, the game a top six team. Um, and not only did we beat Arsenal tonight, I thought we deservedly beat them. We weren't hanging on. I thought we were the dominant team throughout and 
players deserve a huge amount of credit. What was the plan? Why were you so dominant? I, I know you probably knew your team could win, thought your team could win, but I don't know if you expected to control it like you did. Um, no, I think um, you know, we, we wanted to high-press Arsenal. We wanted to make the game difficult for them and not let them settle into any kind of rhythm. And that's easier said than done because they're a top-quality team with outstanding players. So it was a real physical effort from the players tonight. But also, I think for the first time in our recent performances, you've seen a team that can have the ball, um, is comfortable in possession and has a creativity to it. And that's probably the one thing that's been missing from us. But I thought it was evident, especially in the second half. And speaking to Callum Wilson, it sounds like part of the plan was to exploit one or two half-fit players for Arsenal, particularly Ben White coming back in? Well, we know they had a, a couple of injury concerns, so we wanted to make a, a, a quick game. But I thought Arsenal you know, competed well and, and fought um, to try and win the game. And they, they really went for it in the second half and that left spaces for us, which, um, which we exploited. How good was Callum Wilson coming back in after, after missing so much football? Yeah, I think it's a testament to his professionalism. You know, he had the serious injury. He um, he worked incredibly hard to get back to full fitness. You see the work that he puts in behind the scenes to produce that kind of performance, not just for 75 minutes, but for 90 minutes. We left him on because he was good and he wanted to stay on the pitch. And um, He deserves all the accolades tonight. So first 20 games compared to what you've done in the next 17, you're the most improved team in Premier League history. How have you done it and how much have you enjoyed it? I've enjoyed it now it's finished. Well, not, not finished, but nearly finished. Um, now, it's been, it's been a, a brilliant thing to be part of. I think it, we've done it through unity, team spirit, uh, and a real work ethic from, from everyone connected with the club from the top down and uh, just a massive amount of credit to everyone connected with the club. What's the next step, Eddie? I mean, you've played City and Liverpool in the last couple of weeks and that would probably be a step too far, but next season, can you com compete with the likes of Arsenal over 38 games? I think we remain very calm uh, in this moment because it's a brilliant win, but that's all it is. Uh, we have to improve and we have to work incredibly hard to improve everything about the team during the summer and make sure we come back a stronger unit. It's a gigantic football club though, isn't it? Uh, it's a massive football club and um, we have big ambitions, but I think my job is to, is to try and focus on how we do it rather than talk. I think it's going to be uh, next season will be the proof. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Eddie Howe, as humble as ever, Tim, he talked mm. about unity yep. and spirit and that's how they've done it and a togetherness. But he has to create that. He has to take some credit because you don't just come into a, a new club. We've seen it all the time when, when teams change managers. The manager has to do something. He's done most yeah. of this. He's, I mean, it looks great for a guy who I would imagine is getting zero sleep because he's having to cram so much into so little time because it is. It's about getting the football out and kicking it and directing, but it's about creating this culture. And, and, and with him and his backroom staff, getting those players to believe, to get idea. You know, he talked about how, how sport is, is all mental. Getting these players who are, who were downtrodden and who are losing and who are at the bottom of the table to believe that they were good and together they can do this and together they can create the atmosphere around St. James Park. Massive, massive credit to him. So how do you do that? A new manager comes in, you've had mm -hmm. it, a manager change, mm -hmm. in comes a new manager. What does a new manager have to do? What will he have done to have bought the players? So when, when I spoke to him yesterday, he kept saying two words, blueprint, and the other one was the satisfaction. So the blueprint was he built a spirit within this, a team spirit within the squad. He, he did team bonding trips, mm -hmm. bringing everybody together. And then I asked him, I said, what was your biggest satisfaction? What's been your biggest satisfaction today? And he said, uniting the fans and the players. And I said, well, how did you do that? He said, it's work ethic. It's work ethic, everything off the ball. So Tim knows it. He's played for, obviously, a club like Everton, a huge club like Everton. When a manager goes into a football club, the first thing they need to know is the area. They need to know what gets the supporters going. And when you look at Newcastle, it's a working-class place. Everybody works unbelievably hard. Then they turn up to the games. They don't necessarily need to be need to be satisfied with the flicks and the tricks. They want to see honest plays on the pitch. They want to see a work rate. And that brings everybody together, and that's exactly what he's done. And he deserves huge credit. I've said he's my manager of the year, mm. without question. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Actually, that's not too different to Everton. It's a very similar mm. club from that yeah. perspective. That's exactly, isn't it, Tim, yeah. from, your, from your experience, what Everton fans want? It is. And, and, and the, the trick for him is going to be, as the money starts to pile in and the big names start to come in, is getting them ingrained in that culture, in the spirit and the unity of, of Newcastle and what they are as a city. Oh, yeah. The job Freddie Howe has only just begun. It'll be a lovely journey from Southampton back to Merseyside this Tuesday evening for the thousands of travelling fans safe in the knowledge that they can still do this. 
So to really concrete it down for anyone who's still not quite sure, this is what needs to happen for either City or Liverpool to win the title. For City to win the title, all they have to do is beat Villa Sunday. They could draw with Villa as long as Liverpool draw with Wolves or if Liverpool were to lose with Wolves, then City would be champions. For Liverpool to win the title, a bit more complicated because of the difference in points. They've got to beat Wolves and hope that City either draw or lose against Villa. That's the easiest way, it's the easiest route for Liverpool to win the title. They could actually draw against Wolves as long as City lose against Villa and Liverpool overcome what is quite a large goal difference of six right now. Those are the simplest title scenarios. As Arlo said, we will be in the United Kingdom. Myself, Tim Howard, Robbie Earl, Robbie Musto will be at Anfield for Liverpool against Wolves. Arlo, Lee and Graham will be at the Etihad for Manchester City against Aston Villa. They can both finish the season with home games. We're on air from nine o'clock Eastern with all the build-up. Every single game. Don't forget, top four is still up for grabs. Relegation is still happening as well. All the games kick off at 11 Eastern. We go all the way through until three o'clock. Let's take you back then to St. Mary's and hear from a man who played every single second, as he always does, with his heart on his sleeve. Here's James Milner. James, it might have been a different set of monsters. Was it the same mentality to take it to the last day? Yeah, it always is. You know, the guys are incredible. The guys who maybe haven't have played as much, but you should see them train every single day. It's incredible, the level they're putting. And you can see it when they need to step up, they have. And um, it's a special group of players and a uh, special football club. You know, we can fight to the end, keep going. You know, all we can do is take it as far as we can. What does that performance say about the squad? says a lot I think like you said like I said before it shows how ready everyone is it shows how ready they are mentally even when they're probably not playing as many minutes as they would like um, the intensity and desire in training every day to be able to come and play the way we play it is, is special and um, you know it starts right from the top with the manager and, and the attitudes of the players and the fact you had to dig deep after going behind yeah 100% you know I think Ali would probably say it flicked off me I think and, and you know it was a bit unlucky but you know backs against the wall then and um, you know, it's easy to make excuses, obviously, the emotion of the weekend, um, how much we put into the weekend, and then having to come here so, so soon after going one down. Um, but, you know, we, there's no excuses with these guys. They just keep pushing it and, and, and keep going. And it was great to, to get in front and then, you know, try to see it out and keep the ball as much as we can and, and conserve that energy. How did you enjoy the switch from midfield to right back? It's not my favourite switch in the world, to be honest, but, um, you know, what, what, what's needed? Joey, you know, got a, a naughty one on his ankle and, and couldn't continue. So, you know, it, it, was, it was unfortunate. I was enjoying it in the middle, and, and Joey's been fantastic when he's played this, this season as well, so hopefully he's OK. But, yeah, what the team needs, and, um, you know, I think, like, it, it was a great team performance again, everyone who was involved. What's your thoughts on the final day? Try and win our game. That's all we can do. Try and win our game, and, and and that's what all we've been trying to do since, you know, we sort of had a reset in January when we were so far behind, and, and we went went for it uh, again and had a mental reset, if you like. And, and since then we've really pushed, and you know they're an incredible team to, to go up against, and and you know whatever happens this season, I think we've done ourselves proud. But you know you're coming up against a top team like Man City, so all we can do is and try and win our games, and, and and we've tried to keep the pressure on them right to the end. Quite simply, while well, there's a chance, there's hope. That's all we can do. All we could do is take it to the last game. We've done that. Um, and like I say, it wasn't going to be easy after after the weekend coming here and their last home game of the season. Obviously, they're going to want to finish on a win. So it was pleasing to come here, get this result, take it to the last game. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we can have two more big performances this season. Great stuff. Well played yourself. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, well, as James Milner mentioned there, it is an incredible feat to have brought mm -hmm. it now to the final day of the season, having been 14 points behind <coughs> Manchester City in mid-January. Was tonight for you ever in doubt as the game went on? No. And um, the reason I say that, James Milner came up with a really interesting point there. He said about the training ground. And that's where your culture comes from, Rebecca. And these players in the training ground, and, and Danny and I have both been pot sports, where there's some players who... Do your extra running, do your weights, you know, have to watch you, what you eat and where you sleep and you're not playing every week. Minamino's one of them. How, how did he know that you know, this game was going to be right for him in those moments? But those guys, he's saying, continue to do their job because they're waiting for their moment. Minamino's moment was today, it came. Joel Matip's another interesting one. Often in the, in the shadow of, of Virgil van Dijk, we talk about van Dijk being a Rolls-Royce. This guy's not thought, he's a Ferrari next to him, by the way, and comes up with big moments, a huge uh, goal for him today. And the one other player I have to mention, I thought it was outstanding tonight, Bobby Firmino, who 
probably could sulk a little bit because he's gone from being starting player to maybe now coming on and, and having to, to um, play as a sub. He was excellent with his football like IQ. His energy and his drive was outstanding and his quality around the 18-yard box kept Liverpool in it. They've deserved to go to the last day of the season because they've pushed City so far and this ain't over yet. Well, we'll talk about Sunday in a second, mm. but I want to ask you about the culture because yeah. the culture, as Robbie Earl talked about there on the training ground, that comes from players, but it comes really from one man, Jurgen Klopp, does it not? Yeah, it does. And the amount of times you hear Jurgen Klopp talking about training, James Miller then talks about training. I remember as a, as a youngster when, when I was in and around the, the treble winning Manchester United team, when I was able to train with them every day. As a youngster... You're a sponge and you just take everything in. You, you don't speak too much. You listen to what they all have to say. And the one common theme was that training was more difficult than matches, which was incredible. So you've got a group of players and you look at them and go, well, you know what? They haven't played for a while, so they're probably going to be a little bit rusty, not up to speed. Their training is probably more intense than 80% of the games that they play in the Premier League. So therefore, they're able to do that. And that does it... For you to have success, you have to, as they say, you have to train how you play. You can't just turn it on and off. And that's what Jurgen Klopp has got this Liverpool team doing. All right, let's get it out there. There are a number of storylines coming mm. up on Sunday. <clears throat> but the biggest one is the fact that Steven Gerrard, yeah. who came so close to winning the Premier League title mm. all those years ago with Liverpool, is now the manager of Aston Villa and they're going to Manchester City. Coutinho is also playing for Aston yeah. Villa. Danny Ings, former Liverpool mm. player as well. You said it's not over yet. Yeah. What is going to happen on Sunday? I still think City's football will find the way, Rebecca, um, it, because of 2-0 down at the weekend at the London Stadium. We saw what happened there. Could have won the game 3-2. I just feel that the way they play, the possession, the amount of chances they create, it could be there. But if I'm in Liverpool's camp, I'm, I'm saying City could have won it. It could have been done. We were 1-0 down. We've got 2-1 off a bit of a lucky goal by Joel Matic. There's lots of reasons why we could have been out of this thing and we're still in it and 4 titles are still in place. So Jurgen Klopp and that group of players and that training ground that Jamie Milton has talked about will go back tomorrow and still believe they have a chance if they beat Wolves. And one of the things that Liverpool fans won't want to think about mm. is the fact that City dropped points, as you mentioned, against West Ham on Sunday. The last mm. time they dropped points in consecutive Premier League games was way back in December 2020. Mm. So it is an uphill task. How do you think it's going to unfold Sunday? It comes down to one word, which is pressure. It's as simple as that. There's no pressure on Liverpool. You know, Liverpool, their last three games, they've conceded first. They've come back and won two of them, drawn one of them. So it's how Manchester City deal with the pressure. We know the plays they've got. They should be able to deal with the pressure. But we know what football's like. So you just don't know. The only thing that's going to go against Manchester City is how they deal with the pressure. And you think what's going to happen? I do think Manchester City have, um, have, have got it. But I think there will be a few twists and turns within the 90 minutes. OK, well... You're both going for City for now. One of the heroes of the day, the hero of the day, you have to say, with the winning goal, let's hear from Joel Matip. Joel, what was the overriding feeling at the end of that? There were some tired bodies out there. Big relief? Of course. Uh, we tried it over 90 minutes, uh, played a lot of good stuff with the ball and uh, with a good ending for us, yeah. How do you keep doing this? 61st game of the season and the last three or four, you keep going 1-0 down and keep winning. Yeah, it's the quality of the team. It doesn't matter who came in, directly showed up and uh, until the last second. So that's how we did it. It was quite successful. So hopefully we can keep going like this. How much credit do the likes of Minamino, Elliot and so on really deserve, having been out through injury or just not selected and then to perform like that? It's just outstanding. If you come, out, come in without any rhythm but directly showed up... Uh, he, show, he played like he was playing every three, four days and was just amazing. Minimo, Minamino's goal was good, but yours was brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was quite lucky there, but at the end I don't mind. So hopefully the only thing that matters is that the ball goes in. And it's a nice habit you're getting, isn't it? With the, the goal against Villa, so important the other week and now this one? Yeah, as long as we win and uh, I don't mind scoring. So uh, also not quite nice for me then, huh? Tell, tell us how much you knew about it when the, when the ball hit your head. Uh, I knew it when the ball uh, touched the net. Before it was like, uh, we will see where the ball uh, will end up. But uh, yeah, sometimes you need this kind of luck. And I think uh, we worked hard to deserve this kind of luck. Absolutely. And now it all goes down to the final day. What are your thoughts about Sunday? Oh, 
we can only play our game and uh, this is how we will approach it. Uh, just uh, try to play against Wolves will be a tough and hard game and uh, this is the only thing we can concentrate to make it as com uncomfortable for them as possible. Well, very best of luck with that well played today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, let's take you back to Alali and Graham. And of course, they're going to say we've just got to concentrate on our game. But you know, gentlemen, as much as we do, that all those players, whether you're City or Liverpool on Sunday, yes, they're playing their game. But they're also just going to have half an eye on the bench because the results are going to be coming in. It's going to be manic, chaps. It certainly is. We can't wait. Um, Southampton have just finished their lap of honour. Not too many people stayed for it, did they? <laughs> well, we started it, clapping at one point just to give them a bit of support. <laughs> what impressed you the most, Lee, firstly, um, about Liverpool's performance tonight? Just getting the job done. I think we said before the game that it was going to be a difficult start to the game because of all the emotion that they've all gone through. And they went, you know, they went a goal behind and then they've come back into the game. And I think Jurgen Klopp and the, the boys said it in the studio, he's created a culture of, of understanding what, what's needed of them from the top to the bottom in the club. In training, every single minute of every day, they take everything out they can of, of everything. And you see that in the way that they celebrate after games. And I think it's not done over the weekend. We all, we're all going to go City. No, very, nobody's going to go Liverpool are going to win City are going to lose because you think City will get the job done I don't think pressure comes into it to be honest with you you know at this level it's not about the pressure it's about performing on the day and sometimes you just have a bad day if City have a bad day or two or three of them do and and Villa can do something mm. um, then we've got we've got a, we've got a race on our hands but I will I do think City will get the job done I, I really like the the, the the quality of the decisions that players were making players that come in that don't play as regularly mm. they kept their decisions at a high standard and and made the right selections once they got themselves going and uh, and he can rely and trust on some of those younger players that have come in and that's the depth of the squad that's that's what you need at some point during the season he needed it today and he got that performance out of them there's going to be so much talk about <laughs> this last day of the season and Steven Gerrard being involved in it now Aston Villa pushed Liverpool all the yeah. way at Villa Park last weekend there were no favours being done but now it's not a direct competition between Villa and Liverpool how do you think Steven Gerrard sets up his team to go to the Etihad on the final well, day you know the beauty of the Premier League is it doesn't matter who you play they don't think about what's in it for the other team they think about what's in it for them and the fans demand that you heard that tonight with Southampton fans weren't happy with the performance from an Aston Villa perspective I think the blueprint has to be what we witnessed last week against Liverpool Watkins um, Ings up front splitting centre halves we saw West Ham do, play great counter-attacking mm. football against City in the first half City that's probably the worst sort of defensive performance from City for quite some time so there's always going to be opportunity. It's just whether they can get the ball or not. <laughs> what do you yeah, think, Lee? I don't think there will be anything different in what Steven Gerrard sets up during training, going into a game. He's been in the game long enough. It's the same old, same old. You just prepare for to get the win yourself. But I think at the end of it, there might be, if he does get something out of it, there might be a, a, a case of champagne coming his way from Mr Klopp. But I, I think it'll be tight. But I think there's going to be twists and turns all day. I hope so. And then mm. it'll be really exciting. Might get a medal. <laughs> Who knows if uh, Jurgen and Liverpool are feeling generous. Speaking of Jurgen Klopp, let's send you downstairs and hear from him now. Jurgen, putting in perspective, you made nine changes, that performance and that result tonight. Unbelievable. One nil down makes it even more special. Um, yeah, outstanding. What can I say about this group? Uh, what um, and maybe not did um, already say, but it's it's it, it's. Uh, one of them is a bit overwhelming. It's really touching what, what the boys did because we have play on the pitch. I, did, I, I told him now in the, in, in after the game in a little analyze what I did to a few of them and had to do because of the, the situation is pretty much a crime that, that Takumi Minamino doesn't play more often, that Oxley, who is in outstanding shape, is not part of the squad very often. Harvey didn't play for a long time, Curtis didn't play for a long time and all these boys deliver and deliver and deliver and it's unbelievable. Um, making nine changes and then this kind of performance is absolutely exceptional, I have to say. So I'm, and I'm 100% sure it's now, that's what boys we don't, we'll never know that for sure, but um, we would have here, had here much more problems today if we would have played um, the guys who played 120 minutes on 
Saturday. So really happy. Um, yeah, we keep going. What does that tell you? Does it tell you anything you didn't know about this special group of players already tonight? Because I was watching on the touchline, you were just applauding virtually throughout the game. You were loving it, weren't you? Oh, I, I, honestly, I loved it. There were so many good things. So even Joey, yes, is, is pain. But we all think it probably is all right. And so um, so that's then that would obviously a massive shadow, but he's fine. He, he, he probably he knows already himself already now. We were lucky today. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You, look, um, I, I, I ask for a lot. And, and to be honest, sometimes I'm not sure if that's still okay. And um, and but the boys, I, I saw them enjoying the game. I saw that. I saw them really playing football against a side who was obviously ready to go for us, to press us, to do, and they couldn't because because we played in all the spaces. They had the, the good spell, if you say, want in the second half, and we made the changes, and we had to change back, and then we didn't play enough football anymore. But that that's it, pretty much. We conceded a goal out of nothing. Um, I, I didn't see it back but for me it looked definitely like a foul um, <laughs> but Martin Atkinson had the same situation for us already Manchester United a while ago when Rashford scored a goal made exactly the same and afterwards oh yes we could have whistled that um, but who cares so we made it more, only more special and no I'm, I'm, I'm really proud again of the boys it's, it's, it's so big this, this um, second part of the season obviously since January um, we drew three times Tottenham and Chelsea, that was when we had our Corona outbreak, we played um, uh, different teams especially against Tottenham and against Chelsea, I was not even there and all these kind of things what the boys did, it's absolutely exceptional. I mean there's a, a whole host of things that has brought this fantastic run but you've been called the mentality monsters, do you think that, that word if you had to choose one, is the one that's, it's the mentality about this group? Oh, definitely, definitely, it's, but it's an example I, I never had a group like this it's an example for how the boys, okay Look, if I don't, if I make a lineup, if we aren't involved, sit on bench or whatever, I'm a player. I was angry when I was a player. I didn't like it. I wanted, wanted I was footballer to play football. Um, but of course, because we win most of the times, there are not a lot of things you can really argue about. And um, but there are two two opportunities how you can deal with it. You get, yeah, you give up, or you just play your role in the group. And this group. Push each other constantly. Somebody's down, yeah, come on, we lift him, come on, stay away, stay in. And the next time we could give a lot of games, obviously, but not enough for the quality they have, I have to say. <laughs> That's the problem. But in the end, it's absolutely outstanding. And again, I'm, I'm, tonight is really special. So because we came here, we had to do what we did. What we, what we did um, and it worked out because of the boys. If it wouldn't have worked out, 100% my responsibility. Now it worked out. The boys should be really proud of that. No matter what happens on Sunday, huge pride on your part about this group of players for taking this tonnage race all the way to the last day. Absolutely. We, we all know so many things when it's that close, so many things happen during the season. We never, we never give up. Gave up. That's, that's how it is. Um, we all know different ref decisions. We could now think about it. That doesn't make sense at all, but they were there. Um, and how I said that the games with Tottenham and Chelsea, I don't think we have to win there. It's away games at Tottenham, away games at Chelsea. But if you think back at the Tottenham game, if you watch it back for once, this game was really, really strange. So, um, yeah, but that's it. And um, here we are. How we said, we will. Uh, not give up and we will give it a try it will be difficult enough against Wolves obviously but um, we still will give it a try and uh, it's our home game it's our last Premier League game of the season atmosphere will be outstanding and we will try to use it. Football has a habit of throwing things up, it could be the most extraordinary end of the season and wonderful season in your favour it could happen no, of course it could happen. But the only chance that we had tonight was to win, and then we know that. So we have to do our job, and then football is a is a is a tricky game sometimes. Um, and um, yeah, but how is that? Aston Villa plays tomorrow night, so and then they play on Sunday again. So it's a tough week for them as well. I think they play Burnley, right? Thursday. So Thursday and Sunday. Ah, this this Thursday, which I want to have. Okay, um, but now it's it's all good and. Um, yeah, we will see, of course, but you have to focus on yourself and then we will see what happens. Well done tonight. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot.
Well, you do, of course, have to focus on yourself because you have to do your own job. But, Danny, you've been in a situation in the last day of the season, mm -hmm. albeit a relegation yeah. picture, where you are relying on mm -hmm. other people to do jobs for you. You're listening out for scores. Yeah. Just let us in a little bit to how that feels when you're trying to do your job, but you can't solely focus on your job. The day is unique. Whether you're at the top or whether you're at the bottom, it's, it's bizarre, but it's a party atmosphere because the fans feel as though they have to do that something extra. So even the, the, the journey to the stadium... When you get into the stadium, everything is so different just for that one game when there's something riding on it. And when, when I was at Southampton, and this is where I go back to having to ignore the noise, we played Manchester United at home. We took the lead. They ended up equalising. We heard a few cheers around the stadium. Then we're thinking, oh, we're going to be safe. Then there was something else. And the manager's trying to get his, obviously, what he's heard across to you. You just have to close everything out because if you don't and if you, if you start to play towards what the crowd want or what the crowd are expecting... You can make mistakes, you can do something that you wouldn't usually do. So it's just about, as huge as a game it is, as big as a game it is, you have to just carry on regardless and just play your normal game. But it is difficult. Do you think they'll find that relatively easy to shut all that noise out, the Liverpool and City players on Sunday? As Jurgen Klopp said, they've got to do their job, Rebecca. That's the most important thing. And the biggest compliment I can give this group uh, of Liverpool players and, and team is Liverpool of the past were a great cup team. Any one day they could beat you and add some great individuals. And then there's these like, league teams that show a consistency, that, that know how to get a job done, which we've seen Liverpool do probably over the last few days. But Liverpool can do both. They're a cup team. On any one day they can turn up, the big boys turn up, they can beat you five or six, or they can dig a result out. That's a compliment that I give this group. That's why they deserve to go to the last day of the season, to push City and see if City will bend and will break against a, a Villa team that's got incentives from Liverpool. But Jurgen Klopp and, the, and this group of players have to be in four competitions at this stage of the season, to lose three games in 61, it's been an incredible season, whether they finish first or second. Liverpool going into this game at the weekend, they go in hope rather than expectation. Whereas Manchester City, it's the complete other way around. They're all expecting, you know, to, to win the league. So, you know, it will be an atmosphere that's going to be, you know, less, less problematic at Anfield, so to speak. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7am Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now.